Welcome, friends, to Finding Her, a podcast that dives deep into personal development, creating a brand and business, self-management skills, and how to build that damn village, to name a few. I am your host, Julia Busby, a special education teacher by day that is working hard at building a brand, business, and community that will bring awareness and personal growth through weekly episodes. These weekly episodes will entail discussing topics we all have a hard time talking about in society. Just like you, I am a human juggler in this life, a wife who despises housework, and a mother of three. My passion is to serve others. So are you ready to learn? Let's do this. What? It's Wednesday already? Welcome back, friends, to episode 15 of Finding Her. I'm your host, Julia Busby, and today is my day of birth. I did make a vow to myself, though. I want to let you know that... This lady is not a day older than 39 for the rest of my life. Doesn't matter if I already have one foot in the grave, 39. Doesn't matter if I'm 57, 39. (laughs) Or if I'm 105 and they are having my photo on Good Morning America saying, Happy 105th birthday, Buzz, I'm going to be holding a sign that says 39. Anyways, let's get to this. Today's episode is about the Enneagram. Hmm. What I found really most amazing, wonderful, mind-blowing about this tool is we can understand a little bit more about ourselves. We can dive deep and dig, 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 and learn more about our personality, about our behaviors, about our perspectives, about our thinking process, all the things. Enjoy. So. Let's talk numbers in relation to the Enneagram. So have you been hearing others talking about what number they are, like on the gram, or maybe in conversation, or you hear somebody else saying it? I'm a number seven. I'm a number six. I'm a two. And you're like, what the F are they talking about? Enneagram is what they should be talking about instead of just blasting out the number because, you know, some of us peeps don't know what the hell you're talking about. So basically, the Enneagram is a tool we can use to understand our and other people's personality types. That is humongous. It's a nine-sided figure which represents the umbrella of possible personality types. So if we know this about ourselves and we know this about other people, maybe our friends that have taken a test and know what their number is, obviously, or our partner, think about how that will help relationships, conversations, the way that you bring things up to them, the way that you need to avoid having conflict, any of those things, this tool will help you. So where do you find your personality type, Buzz? Well, don't you fret, my friends. You can pause the show right now and head on over to the EnneagramInstitute.com. You can take the personality test for free and boom, it will spit out your personality type uh, by the number and then look up the personality type in the next column and it will blow your mind. So I'm going to read the descriptions of each of the types. Don't worry, I'll review them 
before I dive into my own number. So yes, you're going to find out what number Buzz is if you can't figure it out by the types that I'm going to give you. It's going to be like clues. If you've listened to my show from the very beginning, you should be able to pick out the one that fits me the best. Like it's a no-brainer. Come on, guys. So to keep you on your toes, I wondered what buzz is. Any guesses? Don't bite your fingers off now. Keep your hands on the steering wheel if you're behind the wheel. (laughs) Oh, man. Any guesses? Any guesses? Bueller? Bueller? Mm, All right, let's get started. The nine personality types. Type one, the perfectionist. Ethical, dedicated, and reliable, they are motivated by a desire to live the right way, improve the world, and avoid fault and blame. Type two, the helper. Warm, caring, and giving, they are motivated by a need to be loved and needed and to avoid acknowledging their own needs. Type three, the performer. Success-oriented, image-conscious, and wired for productivity, they are motivated by a need to be or appear to be successful and to avoid failure. Type 4. The Romantic. Creative, sensitive, and moody, they are motivated by a need to be understood, experience their oversized feelings, and avoid being ordinary. Type 5. The Investigator. Analytical, detached, and private, they are motivated by a need to gain knowledge, conserve energy, and avoid relying on others. Type 6, the loyalist. Committed, practical, and witty, they are worst-case scenario thinkers who are motivated by fear and the need for security. Type 7, the enthusiast. Fun, spontaneous, and adventurous, they are motivated by a need to be happy, to plan stimulating experiences, and to avoid pain. Type 8, the challenger. Commanding, intense, and confrontational, they are motivated by a need to be strong and avoid feeling weak or vulnerable. Type 9, the peacemaker. Pleasant, laid back, and accommodating, they are motivated by a need to keep the peace, merge with others, and avoid conflict. So when you look at those, or hear them, which one is Buzz? Hmm. I do want to say that after reading all of those, no personality type is better or worse than another. Each has its own strengths and weaknesses. Each type or number has a distinct way of seeing the world and an underlying motivation that powerfully influences how that type thinks, feels, and behaves. So think about that in the area of what number number you are. Oh, this is a lot of information, friends, but I think this is good, especially when you are working towards understanding yourself and the way that you are and the way that you interact with everyone else in society. So I found out about the Enneagram through my Monday book club. And no, we don't plan robbing banks or laundering money or taking blenders back to sam's club like in good girls it's a real monday book club okay (laughs) okay okay it's time to find out what busby is 
on the Enneagram. <laughs> Buzz is type six, loyalist. What it's like to be a six. So this is the information found from the Road Back to You book, the one that I'm using at book club. Number one, I'm always imagining and planning for the worst. Bingo. Like, I always know where the emergency exits are. I think about what if a fire flues, an earthquake, natural disaster, all the effing things all the time. I might not act like I am concerned about my environment, but I sure as hell know what's going on. I often don't trust people who are in authority. People say I am loyal, understanding, funny, and compassionate. Most of my friends don't have as much anxiety as I do. I act quickly in a crisis, but when things settle down, I fall apart. Amen to that. I act... Ooh, sorry. I already did that one. When my partner and I are doing really well in our relationship, I find myself wondering what will happen to spoil it. Being sure I've made the right decision is almost impossible. I'm aware that fear has dictated many of my choices in life. I don't like to find myself in unpredictable situations. I find it hard to stop thinking about the things I'm worried about. It's so hard. And I hate it when people say, oh, don't worry. <laughs> like, I wish that I could, but it just doesn't work that way. Oh, I know people are trying to help. I'm generally not comfortable with extremes. I usually have so much to do, it's hard for me to finish tasks. I'm most comfortable when I'm around people who are pretty much like me. People tell me I can be overly pessimistic. I am slow to start, and once I do get started, I find myself continuing to think about what could go wrong. I don't trust people who give me too many compliments. It helps me to have things in some kind of order, so I think that's why I felt so comfortable and safe in my program classroom, because everything was planned out, scheduled, like the boys did blow out or have issues outside of the classroom, but I was well aware that wasn't a surprise. They had their schedules. Every single day was, if anything was different, it was labeled, it was written out. We had social skills, even had days of the week, had themes, all the things. So that's why I felt so comfortable in there is because it calmed my anxiety because there wasn't anything uncertain about that room. I like to be told I am good at my job, but I get very nervous when my boss wants to add to my responsibilities. Duh. I have to know people for a long time before I can really trust them. That's probably been like the theme of my whole entire life, um, especially in that piece where I finally do trust you and then something happens. So that is a thorn in my side. And the last one, I am skeptical of things that are new and unknown. So when you get your personality type, your number, you don't necessarily need to agree on every single statement um, that is shared either on the website or in a book or any other um, researching information that you're gathering it from, but it's just an idea so you know. But I really, really connect with a lot of these, especially that fear and that um, need 
for me internally to feel secure and safe. So throughout this book, it talks about a whole bunch of different things, which is really, really nice because it's really easy to understand. Um, it does have a spiritual piece to it. Um, but if you want to even think about that, like not necessarily like related to religion or God, but you can just connect that to some sort of higher power. Cause I, I really think that everybody believes in something, uh, but it talks about a variety of things on your numbers. So it talks about when you're a healthy six, when you're average six, so your emotions are, or your stability at that time, unhealthy sixes. Um, it talks about the six is deadly sin. Obviously, it won't say six for you unless you're a six. Um, it told me some famous sixes, by the way. Oh, yeah. Ellen DeGeneres. Love her. Jon Stewart. Love him. And Frodo. Isn't that like a character on a sci-fi? I think so. Like Lord of the Rings, right? Or The Hobbit? Fuck, I don't know. Okay. Back to it. All about sixes or loyalists. Sixes as children. Yep. They're going back into when we were young. Um, sixes in relationships. That might be a little crazy for me. Sixes at work. Uh-oh. Okay. Now, this is a piece that is so confusing. It's really hard for me to understand, but when I look at the Enneagram, cause they have a visual chart for you, you can understand a little bit more. And once you, once you start to develop some more knowledge about this whole thing, then you can dive deeper into it. And it's really nice in book club because we sit there and talk about it after we read something or we are talking about a number in general, or maybe somebody is not thinking that they are that number or they're part of this number and part of that number. Ah, it's just really neat to be able to discuss and talk about it. So there's parts to your numbers called wings. There is, it even talks about like your number and how it deals with stress, spiritual transformation, but the best part, which I love, is it has a section and it says 10 paths to transformation for sixes. So what do can they do to change, right? And so I'll read a few of them. Number one, a regular centering prayer meditation practice is vital for every number, but particularly for sixes. Why do you ask? Well, my mind never stops working. It's filled with voices expressing opinions, doubts about other people's trustworthiness, imagine worst case scenarios, and questions about your own ability to make good decisions. Hello, Julia. Two, be alert for unhealthy tendencies in your relationship with authority. Are you blindly following or reflexively rebelling? You want to find a more nuanced and conscious middle way. Um, and number, number six, I'm just skipping through these limit your exposure to the 24 hour news cycle or to books and films that unnecessarily reinforce your anxious or pessimistic view of life. Okay. So I want to tell you guys a little bit. I love scary movies, like gonna die, love watching them edge of my seat. 
under my blanket, screaming, jumping. I love all that. I can't watch those anymore. So I think through the stress that I had this last year, it really like brought out some stuff on some PTSD. Um, you know, I can't listen to music very loud. I get unsettled in large crowds. Fireworks on the 4th of July was terrifying. Um, all, all that stuff. So a lot of things have changed within me this last year. Um, another example is the month of August was clearly everybody knew that it's my birth month. So you celebrate from August 1st until August 31st, but this year it wasn't that way. It was just quiet. I've been home a lot and surrounded by my, my family and some close friends because my trust level is really, really low. And it's not that I'm doing that on purpose. It's just what, what I've gone through this year has been hard for me. So we're working on it. But these are just some ideas from the book. Memorize and repeat um, some prayers or meditate. Um, be alert in the early days of a relationship to see whether doubtful thoughts and feelings arise about your partner's commitment to you. What's causing you to alternatively can't even speak now because I'm 41, I mean 39, <laughs> questioning or cling to them. So those are just all those little transformational ideas, but a lot of Enneagram books or podcasts are different. So you might have ones that are more like harder to understand, more scientific, um, more personality term based. Um, but I really enjoyed The Road Back to You. I'm still reading it right now. They also have a podcast on iTunes. It's pretty good. They do have guests that come in that are certain numbers. They talk about their experiences. They talk about even childhood. Um, and really relate a lot of the numbers to things that have happened in their lives or how they use that to plan future things, if you understand what I'm saying. So any other book suggestions? Let me see. All right. So book suggest suggestion. I need to go to bed like grandma here. The essential Enneagram by David Daniels and Virginia Price. So this one helps you determine your Enneagram type click. Um, they provide a simple test um, and then let you select from the descriptions that most um, describe you. They say that this book is concise and to the point. So it's suitable for beginners or people who don't want or need to understand the Enneagram in depth. Um, and my final one we are going to be talking about is Understanding the Enneagram by Don Richard Rizzo and Russ Hudson. So if you are unsure of your own Enneagram type, this is the book for you. Not only does it have a questionnaire to help you identify your type, it has a whole chapter dedicated to misidentification. So I need to tell my friend at book club about this. So they compare each type against one another so that you know exactly what their differences are. Um, and obviously, again, for the 400th time, The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. 
Um, it's an Enneagram journey to self-discovery, but it does have that spiritual piece. If you are not interested in that, then I would not recommend this one. But if you can replace that spirituality piece with just your belief in some sort of higher power, then totally good for you. It does also have a workbook. Um, they also have a podcast on iTunes, and that's all the information this 39-year-old grandma, aka Abuelita, has to say because I need to put my PJs on and go to bed. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for stopping by for another episode of Finding Her. Please do me a huge, huge, humongous favor, friends. Leave me a review on iTunes and share your favorite episode on IG Stories. Make sure you leave your takeaways from today's show and tag me in it. Until next time, friends. I love you all.